Praise the Lord. Would you take your Bible and find the book of Genesis? We're going to look at uh, a very, we're going to look at one scripture verse tonight, just one. It's going to help us. My wife and I have been doing working with children and families for 20 years. We started before we joined KC. This is uh, coming, we're wrapping up our 19th year with King's Cathedral and Chapels. We lived on Maui for 15 years and worked with children and family there. Lived in Oregon a year, and now we've lived here. This is our fourth winter here. We love it. We are so thankful that God brought us to Alaska. We just really love it here. We, we almost don't like to go on vacation anywhere because we love Alaska. And so what we're going to share tonight and then the next time I get to preach or consecutive time, whatever it might be, my whole intent is to help all of us using biblical principles to build a faith-filled, spirit-filled legacy that goes beyond our own lifetime. Who thinks that's a great idea? Say, I. I. Right. That's, what, that's the whole goal and intent of this series that, that I've put together. It's not to criticize or make you feel like you don't know what you're doing or anything like that. It's to build a long-lasting legacy with our children and our grandchildren and giving them an inheritance of faith, just like Paul described Timothy, who's received his faith from his mother and his grandmother. That's what I want in my family, and that's what I want in your family. Family is so fun. I cannot imagine what life used to be like before this entire row got filled up on the front. I must have been bored out of my mind. Those of you with young children are probably going, well, okay, you can come take my kids for a few nights then if it's that amazing. It really is amazing. Ever since I was a little boy, my great dream was to be a dad. That's what I wanted to be. I want to be a great dad. I even wore my dad shirt tonight that my kids got me. I love being a dad. It's demanding, and it's taxing, and it's, it drains the life out of me. I work all day, and then I come home, and I'm a piece of fresh meat for the hyenas. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. You're the one chewing on it. Family is so fun. There's laughs, there's tears, there's stories, there's things that didn't go like you wanted them to, and those are the stories you tell the most, right? I love family. If you don't have fun with your family, then this sermon series is for you. And if you do, this sermon series is for you. In the 20, I'm going to ask my wife to come join me. In the 20 years of us working with preschoolers and babies and mommies and daddies and grandmas and grandpas, families of all kinds, Brady Bunch families, my three son families, we've worked with every kind of family. You, here we go again. Every kind of family you can imagine. It should be fun in here tonight. I hope you're having a wonderful time at KC. This is the best place to be on Sunday night. 
In those 20, in our 20 years together, we've encountered some parenting techniques that we just kind of go. <laughs> parenting really is about being farsighted. It's really not about what's here right now in front of you. It's really about what's 20 years from now. That's good parenting. But we've seen some not so healthy actions before. And so we kind of gave them our own, and, and as we've kind of reviewed our experiences in the last two decades of working with families, we've kind of given them our own names. Are you ready for some of these? These are, some of them are funny. Some of them are not so funny. So I kind of blew them out of proportion just so that we could kind of get a, a feel for it. Are, are you ready for some of these? Yeah. All right, here we go. Um, unhealthy parenting Maybe moments. Maybe moments. Are you ready? Okay. The drill sergeant dad <laughs> blows the whistle. I do that every once in a while in my house just to annoy my wife. I know you would never do that. It's where the dad treats this family as his own platoon, issuing commands as loudly as possible. When someone fails ex expectation, he... Uh, corrects even louder and demeans them. Extreme punishment awaits anyone who questions or defies him. I know that's not you, but you probably know some families like that. How about the, uh, oh, here, I'll let you read these, these, last, these next two. Okay. So um, that kind of reminds me of Sound of Music. You guys remember when he would, in Sound of Music, he blew that whistle, those kids came marching down the stairs? Okay. All right, so here we go. We have the helicopter parent. All right? Anybody know what the helicopter parent is? They're in constant hover mode over the child. And this child, uh, this parent exerts tremendous amounts of energy to protect and care for their children. Have you ever seen that in action? Anybody? Okay. Overbearing parent who dictates every moment of their child's life as well as wraps them in bubble wrap except to sleep at night. Right? Okay. Okay, yeah, I see some heads nodding out there. All right, the next one. Oh, this one. Okay, this one I think we've all done at one point or another. The empty threat. Oh, lives by creating ultimatums that are never backed up, threatens with consequences, but doesn't fulfill them. Oh. Yikes. There's the counter parent. One... I'm going to count to 375, and you better not be playing in the street. There's traffic. Two. Don't make me count all the way. Three. You know, delayed obedience is the same thing as disobedience. And by counting and counting and counting, you're communicating they don't have to obey you right away. It's the counter. Um, narcissist parent. Oh, here we go. They center life around their own personal hopes, dreams, likes and dislikes, requires the, requires the adoration of their children to fulfill personal ego. You love mommy, right? You still love mommy, right? Come on, say it. Takes their child to, um, oh, here we go. Here's an example. They'll take their child to horror movies because they wanted to see it. Does that happen? Just go to the movie theater and watch what they drag their kids into. It's hurt. It's, uh, it's sad. Child-centered parenting. This is really a dangerous parenting technique. It's letting the child's behavior drive decisions of the family. 
You don't want that in your family. All right, who we got? Oh, okay. What about the codependent parent? Uh-oh. Receives their sense of self-worth from the child and will use the child as a comfort service animal. <laughs> I know, as a comfort service animal instead of an individual person. Okay, let's keep going. All right. Uh-oh. What about the Adam and Eve parent? Blames others for their child's behavior or parenting mishaps. What are you doing raising your hand over there? Oh, okay. So now listen, and we're going over a whole bunch, so listen to this one. What about the individual program creator? Okay, are you ready? The individual program wants every program, business, restaurant, school, summer program, after school program, and authority figure to adjust to their child's needs and then blame the same program for anything causing their child grief. These are true. This is what we've run into in 20 years. We didn't just make these up. Um, the now trending parent. They look for the latest studies and techniques for parenting online, creating an ever-changing model. They put their children in meditation classes, yoga classes, special diets. Anything the, the Internet would recommend, that's the way they parent. Um, too young, but that's okay. They place their children in scenarios they're much too young for and then hold them accountable for failure. They, the responsibility of making their own meals, uh, caring for infants and babies, caring for their own injuries. Okay, th there's, there's some parenting models where they just throw their, you know, six-year-old in charge of the three-year-old, the two-year-old, and the baby at home alone. Do people really do that? Oh, yeah, they do that. It, not you, but somebody else. Um, here we go. This is probably my favorite one. This is the super spiritual parent. Anything that causes their family grief is a demon that has to be cast out. Otherwise known as diaper rash demons, bad test score demons, dirty laundry demons, uh, bedhead demons. Now my son has to wear deodorant demons. Stinky feet, demons. Doesn't like to eat broccoli, demon. Stop raising your hands. Do people live like that? Yeah, and try to cast out that demon out of their kid, freaking their kids out. They just don't like broccoli. It's not a demon. Some of you aren't laughing. That's because you believe in the diaper rash demon. You just didn't change a kid's diaper when you're supposed to, and you're going to blame the devil for it. Free range technique. No boundaries for the child. They take too much effort. It's easier to let them be their own boss. Oh, the age excuser. Oh, aren't they cute? Oh, it's okay if they act like that. They're two. Oh, you know those 13-year-olds. They're just going to do that. Oh, it's okay for them to act like that. They're three. Bang! Let me pass this on. Oh, okay, here's some more. The scary parent. They think it's funny to scare their kids. To frighten them. I see, I see some people going, 
Um, oh, this is not good. The parent bully intimidates their children into submission by being a bully. What about the mockingbird demeaning their child by mocking them, especially with sarcasm? It's not good. Oh, when you're ready, you'll change parenting approach, right? Oh, here we go. Expects their child to make life-adjusting decisions without their involvement, such as potty training. Oh, they'll start going potty when they're tired of having wet, you know, wet underwear. Mm-hmm. Or when they're ready, they'll learn how to tie their shoes on their own. Okay? What about reading? Oh, when they're ready, then they'll learn how to read. Right? Okay. Or when you're ready to change your diaper, I guess you'll figure it out. Oh, okay. What about the explainer? Okay, here we go. Attempts to use words to convey discipline and decision-making to preschoolers and babies. They use adult logic to explain to two-year-olds why they should or shouldn't do something, followed by the phrase, do you understand? The child only knows three words. I mean, what are they going to say? The pharmacist parent attempts to control their children through the use of medicines. Anything that causes extra effort on the parent's half is due to a lack of some kind of medication. The child needs another haircut because we forgot to give them their medication. The child wants to play outside. There must be a medication for that. I only say that because I used to, I've ran a lot of kids' camps, uh, like hundreds, and in my early days of running them, we had a medicine check-in area, and it would be like three inhalers, and now it's like a suitcase full. Our, it's just the epidemic of our nation. If your child has to take some medication, that's not... Not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about overboard type here. And then the last one is uh, the distant parent. They ship their child off to daycare from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. And, have the, and then ask for a late pickup. And when they get home, they put on a movie for the child to watch five nights a week. On Saturday, they look for a family member to take care of their child because they have no relationship with them whatsoever. And then wonder why their child has no respect for them. Are these real scenarios? Yeah, they are. All these are real. How about the scroller? This is the parent that takes their child to the park and scrolls through Facebook the whole time they're there instead of giving attention to their child. These are real things. So if these are all unhealthy choices, where do we get healthy choices at? The Bible is where we want to go. And I want to help you because these are not going to produce the outcomes you really want in your children. I am convinced, and I'm so thankful that we have so many young families with babies in our church, because I am fully convinced that if you do it right for the first five years, you don't spend the next 20 years trying to undo what you did or didn't do. You have the choice when they're really young to do it right, to lay the frameworks of getting it right. And I want to help you. And if you're past those first five years or so, it's not too late to start instilling some new disciplines in your house that produce long-lasting things for, for your family. And let's take a look at one of these today. The ushers have something I want you to take, put it on your fridge. They're going to pass them out right now. There are four basic, if you look up like psychology books and things, there really is four techniques 
to parenting. Now, we just gave up our own names for some you know, moments we've seen parents like dive into. But there's really four ways to approach parenting. And you can write this in your notes as soon as you get it. And I'm going to move along here because I want to get to the life of Abraham. We're going to look at Abraham, one scripture in the Bible that gives us a revelation into raising children. And it's going to, I hope it's life-changing for you. I hope it's something you take, whether you're a grandma or a grandpa, and not only do you use it in your family, but maybe you give it to somebody that hasn't got a clue. And maybe, maybe somehow they'll start getting a clue. So would you take your Bible and turn to the book of Genesis 18? The four ways to approach parenting, four, maybe you want to call them categories. The first one, you can write it in your notes if you've got a pen, is, uh, well, let me make sure I got it right. I don't want to give it to you wrong. Okay. Authoritarian. This is the one who demeans their child, bullies them, drill sergeant. It's... Uh, Focused on obedience, punishment over discipline, high structure, which is good, but no communication, fear, and overbearing parent. That's authoritarian. The second one you can write it in is authoritative. It's a high structure parenting model. It's uh, based on understanding, communication, and the parent is the boss first. These are models. You got to have a model for your parenting. It can't just be make it up as I go along responsive parenting. You need something that you're following. Uh, the next one is permissive. It's the picture down there of the kids running around crazy. She's got her hands in the air saying kids will be kids. That's permissive parenting. They're highly responsive to needs, but there's no structure. Super lenient. They use bribes, and there's no consequences for negative behavior. And the last one, is uh, you can write it on there, is uninvolved. What top, what's the top five things you want your child to be or become? Think about that. If you've never thought about it and actually wrote it down, take a moment, write it in your little booklet thread that I gave you for week number one. What is it that you're hoping they'll become? Do you want them to be respectful to authority? Do you want them to be a high achiever and successful? Do you want them to know the Lord and to walk in His ways? What is it you're wanting by the time they leave your house, the maybe five defining characteristics that you know they've become or are. Have you ever verbalized them or thought about them? Have you ever written it down? I'm encouraging right now, write those things down. I promise you, I know some things no one's going to write down. I want my child in jail by the time they're 21. Nobody in their right mind would write that down. I want my child to never be able to keep a job because they can't honor authority. I want my child to fail in high school. Nobody writes those things down, right? No, because we have these great hopes and dreams and, and uh, even maybe high expectations of what we want our children to be. We certainly don't want them to have to, to walk in some of the challenging things we've had to walk in before right? We want it to be better for them. We want it to be maybe easier in some ways. We certainly don't want them to repeat some of the things we wish we could go back and change, right? I love my kids, 
I love my wife, and I get to do my dream, which is be a dad, but I still have some things that I wish I could go back and change. So what are those five things you want your children to become? Because whatever those things are, those things shape what your parenting becomes. And if you've never thought about it that way, I want you to look at the life of Abraham. Because those things, those high values that you're thinking about, that you want your children to become, should be the dictator of the values and the cultures and the the things that you emphasize and the disciplines in your family. What you present as parenting standards and non-negotiables in your household. They should shape those things. So let's take a look at this scripture from Abraham. And I'm on the back page. Vision-driven parenting. I'm presenting you a model from the life of Abraham. Vision-driven parenting. You won't find it on uh, Instapen or any one of those other things. Or what are they called? I don't even know. I don't know the names of those. Wherever it is you go find advice when you just want somebody to give you some advice. You won't find these on those websites. But you'll find them in the Word of God. The Word of God is the place to go find advice and wisdom. Write this underneath vision-driven parenting. It's where we are going, then choosing how to get there. That's the life of Abraham. And we're going to look at one scripture that gives us a great revelation right now. Genesis 18, 19. All right, here we go. I'm going to read it for you. I'm reading out of an NIV. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So that, everybody say, so that. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Father, I pray right now you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us from this one scripture in the book of Genesis, way back in the beginning of nations. We have this amazing reference to family and the father of nations. Father, I thank you, God, for this word. Help us to hear. And Lord, I pray even today you help us to begin to examine and laying the framework for blessing and prosperity and promises fulfilled in our families. In Jesus' name, amen. All those uh, scenarios that my wife and I have encountered, maybe you saw yourself here or there in some of those. Uh, I, I want you to today begin to see yourself in this light, an Abraham model. Vision driven. Here you have the Lord declaring in verse 18. It's the verse right before the one we read. What his plans and intentions are for Abraham. That Let's look at it. Verse 18. Abraham will surely become a great... All nations on earth will be blessed through him. And then it goes on. For I have chosen. So write these things in your notes. 
The first thing that you're going to see is he was chosen to be a parent. And the significance of being chosen is what it was for. God had intentions, and he needed someone who would chase hard after those intentions. The intention was someone who would focus and see life beyond their own life. What was going to happen through Abraham wasn't going to happen while he was living and breathing on this earth. It might be hard to imagine that your parenting in your life isn't about you. That's a very foreign concept in westernized America because everything revolves around the way we want it to be. All media points to pleasing and gratifying self. But here we have God looking for someone who would look past his own lifetime and and receive a promise and then shape his household after that promise. In other words, to begin to change everything his house is about. So he looked and he found Abraham and he chose Abraham. Sometimes if we look at that word chosen, we might think that it's like the lotto ball and God's got a giant ping pong, you know, vat of ping pong balls with our names on it, and he just kind of pulls one out. All right, Minister Kimmy, you win. No, this was chosen. God had something in mind. He had, he had a, a plan and a picture of something, and he was looking for someone who would help him pull it off. And he sees Abraham. You have been chosen to be a parent or a grandparent or a foster parent or an auntie or an uncle or a spiritual parent. In whatever way, there are intentions and prophetic utterances that have been released and promises that God wants to do, but he needs someone who will shape their household in order to receive them. We're talking about intentionality. Not just responding to the day's whims and problems and whatever happens to come our way. And there are days like that where your best laid plans often go awry. I wouldn't recommend reading that. It's full of swear words. It's of mice and men, John Steinbeck. Anyway, did anybody recognize that? Maybe not. The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Maybe not. But some days are like that. Some days are full of, I'm just going to have to get through today and get to tomorrow. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, we've had plenty of those. So there was this um, tsunami coming to Maui, and the sirens are going off. And the police are going up and down our neighborhood with loudspeakers saying, get out now. It's coming. We live two blocks from the beach, and our elevation was almost like, uh, what do you call it, sea level? So we know there's going to be water coming to our house from this tsunami. Man, we were scrambling like crazy people. It's midnight. and Do you guys remember one of those? You didn't live in Kihei, so you didn't have to scramble. <sighs> we're scrambling. We're throwing, we're chucking stuff in the car as fast as we can. Where's the birth certificates? Get the birth certificates. Hurry up. The world's going to end in 10 minutes. 
kids are asleep in their bed. I'm packing the car because we have no idea. And on Maui, you know, you, you, everything comes in by a barge and everything's going to get wiped out by this, you know, 800-foot tsunami. Where are we going to get toilet paper? Throw the toilet paper in the car. Fill the back seat with toilet paper. Forget the food. Get the toilet paper. So here we are in the heat of this moment, and we decide, okay, it's time. Get the kids up. My kid walks out in the hall at midnight and throws up all over the floor. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, right now? Really? Man, it's so fun. (laughs) Not those moments. They're fun to tell. Chosen. Intentionality. We got days that just don't go like we want. But in overall scope, you're looking with intentionality down the road. So Abraham's been chosen. The second thing that I want you to notice, what was he chosen for? To direct. Everybody say direct. What a great word. To direct his children. It's a leadership role. Parenting is leadership of your house. If your child is the leader, you've got it backwards. You need to make a change today. Put a stop to that. You're the leader. The scripture doesn't say, for I have chosen Abraham's children to direct Abraham so that my promises will be fulfilled. If you're the parent, you're the leader. You're the boss. The kids are not the boss. If you find yourself bending and giving in to your children, they're the boss. It doesn't mean you have to be mean about it or cruel, but there has to be an understanding in your house of who's the boss. So write these things down. I'm going to walk through what it what we're talking about to direct your household as a leadership role, first of all, is to navigate. As the leader of your house in whatever manner, it's your job to chart the course. You're the navigator. So write that on there. A. B. It's your job as the leader of your house to, to correct things that don't line up with what is going to bring about the promises, to bring correction. Parenting means bringing correction where there isn't any. There's a reason they can't drive a car yet. There's a reason they don't get to vote in the election. They're 10. They need leadership. They need you. You are the greatest thing that ever happened to your children because you're going to direct them. Um, So, C, including the household. Why would the Lord make sure that was written in who he was looking for? He wanted to make sure Abraham was looking down the line and looking at the whole picture, a bigger picture. Part of the role of being a parent is having the big picture. Even if your children don't understand the big picture, you've got the big picture and you're navigating toward it. That's your job. The next thing about being the director of your home is creating culture. What is your home about? It kind of goes with the next one, which is declaring values. 
Write that in there. Creating culture and declaring values. You get the awesome privilege to set about in their life what's important. What do you celebrate in your house? For the next few weeks, or whenever I get to preach uh, on Sunday nights, I'll be walking through different steps, and one of them is creating a culture of celebrating God in your house. What does that look like? The building memorials that celebrate God. F, here we go, being the role model. Have you ever worked for a boss that doesn't do what they say but expects you to? How do you feel about that? It kind of makes you distrust them, right? You've lost all respect for them when they declare the rules, but they themselves don't go by them. You're kind of like, you look at them different, don't you? Be the role model. Being responsible. This is such a heavy word in today's parenting world. Because in today's parenting techniques, responsibility gets passed to as many different places as you can except to the parent. That's kind of the goal in a lot of models today that are present. They won't say that, but that's what it is. What, who else, what else can I blame so that I don't hold the responsibility? But that's not what God said to Abraham. You direct He's looking for leadership and somebody to lead. Be responsible. Right here, the last thing is passing blessing to their, to their children. That's directing their home, not curses. You don't want to pass curses to your family. You want to pass blessing. Those of you that have little ones, you couldn't, I couldn't imagine and neither could you looking at your precious little treasure and going, I sure hope all the defilement and bondages in my life get passed to you. Won't it be great? Who in their right mind? But we don't say that out loud. But somehow it ends up happening because we never dealt with it in our own life. Sometimes we just need to get on our face before the Lord and get healed. All right, so Abraham was chosen to direct. The next part in in this scripture is what was he chosen to direct? His children in the way of the Lord. Write it in there. The way of the Lord. To keep the way of the Lord. Not Instagram's latest parenting technique. Not the Department of Education's great rules for parenting. You do not want the government encroaching into your house and telling you how to parent your child. Because they're going to set you up for destruction. They're not going to instill this in your child. I would be very careful, very careful in letting your children work one-on-one -on -one with school, school counselors. I'm being serious. My dad, has, he's probably watching online right now, he's been a high school teacher for more than 35 years. And I've had conversations and I'm just like, this is, this is our nation. This is the spirit of Antichrist coming through our education system. And if you're blind to it, you need to wake up and realize that Eastern meditation 
and medication are the solutions that are being presented to your children, that they just need to meditate on calmness and clear their mind. This, this, this is in uh, preschool, kindergartens. Who's giving your child advice at school? Maybe you got a, maybe you're, you work several jobs just to keep things going and that happens and you drop your kids off at daycare. What are they saying to your precious treasure? What are they teaching them? Is it this? Great questions. You might want to find out. Because what the Lord was looking for to fulfill promises to was someone who would direct their family according to the way of the Lord. That's what he was looking for, and he found Abraham. That guy will do it. Let's give him an enormous promise because he's going to do it. The way of the Lord, to walk in covenant so that righteousness and holiness are normal in the house, not just on Sunday morning. He says, what is right and just? You can write it in your notes. What is right and just? He tells him what he should be directing his family towards. What is right and just? The way of the Lord. You can't get any more plain than that. It's the centrality of the Bible in your family. Making central what the Word says. This is what Abraham would have done. And his children after them. Get the scrolls. Read the scrolls. What do the scrolls say? And keep it passing down. Tell the stories. Tell the testimonies. Recount creation. Recount whatever it is uh, um, is in the Word. It's what he's saying here. The way of the Lord. That's where they would have found the way of the Lord. For us today, it's a little bit different because we have a new covenant. With Jesus. And it's life by the Spirit. So the next thing you want to write in there is spirit sensitive. The next time I get to preach, I'll be preaching on spirit sensitive parenting. It's the role of the Holy Ghost in what you say and do and be and become in your household. We got to have the Holy Ghost as parents. I would be an utter failure as a dad if I didn't have the Holy Ghost empowering me to be a dad. It's the centrality of the Bible, and it's the being spirit-sensitive to keep the way of the Lord as a household. All right, the last couple ones here. Abraham chosen. Somebody say chosen. chosen. To direct. Say direct. direct. The way of the Lord. Say it with me. The way of the Lord. Oh, this next one's great. So that the Lord, write it on there, will. So that the Lord will. How is that a part of it? It's a positioning of your family. The, the sentence says so that the Lord will fulfill what he promised. But there has to be a positioning. And I want you to get the picture that you can place your children in a position to receive blessing. The Bible makes it clear you can plant and sow, you can sow and reap later. The Bible makes it clear that the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently and wholeheartedly 
seek him. It is the Lord's desire to reward, but you have to be in the right position to receive reward. It isn't just live life however I want and hope God picks my lotto number and rewards me. Christianity doesn't work like that. Christianity is about you getting in position like a catcher at a baseball game, getting in position. I used to play catcher when I was in peewee league. I just wanted to wear the costume, that's all. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I wanted to wear the, the helmet and the, the pads and the knee pads because I thought it was cool. It wasn't cool if I wasn't in position. If I was in the wrong position, I would get hit by the bat. I, could, I had to catch the ball at the right place. You got to get in position. Get your family in position. You need to have your family know what it means to be in position. Because there's coming a time you're not going to be there to help them get into position. They're going to have to get into position on their own to receive the promise. That's what God was looking for. Abraham, I'm looking for someone who will position their family for after they're gone so I can. So that. Vision-driven parenting is so that parenting. It's positioning your family so that the Lord, the last part is the Lord will fulfill the promises. There's the vision. There's what we're chasing. Whether it happens in my lifetime or not my lifetime. I'm, I'm about seeing my family in position to receive the promises of God. I want my children operating and living in the promises of God. Who wants that for their children? Everyone wants that for their children. The promises. Abraham, keep your vision on the promises. It's why you're going to orchestrate everything. It's why you're going to, what you say is what you say, and what you do is what you do. Because he's got his eyes way down the line on verse 18. That he would become many nations. And that through him all nations would be blessed. What are the promises that God has laid out for you? What are the things you're believing for your family to do and be? What particular things is it? You wrote some of them down. You've got some things in mind that you want to see your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren do and become. It's a vision. I've got some visions. I've got some things I want my... I want a physical inheritance to pass to my kids. I want a spiritual inheritance that my kids operate in in a greater way than I do. I want them to hear the voice of the Lord. I want them to know God's voice. I want them to strive with all they can, aiming for Judgment Day, to look good on Judgment Day. I've got some promises. I've had some dreams Several years ago, they were so real, I honestly thought I was somewhere else. These dreams were amazing. Sometimes I wonder, I wonder if those were for me or for me to direct my household so that the promises would be fulfilled. Are you directing your household? Do you have the vision in mind? Do you have the word central in your household? Your technique and model. Parenting is hard work. 
Parenting is not easy. It takes courage. It takes more energy than you wake up with in the morning. And that's what I'm going to preach about next time. You need the energy of the Holy Ghost to be a parent. Your kids will suck you dry and then wonder where seconds are. Would you stand with me? We're going to take time to pray. If you have your family with you here, what age they ever might be, why don't you gather them around you? Gather your family around you, your children. If you're not sitting by your family, please leave your seat and go stand by your family. If you had an argument on the way to church, just throw it out the back window and go stand by your family. In my household, every once in a while, we do a thing called a family hug. And we get all together and we squeeze as hard as we can. I love family. Find your family. Find your grandkids if they're here. Great grandkids. To me, there's nothing greater on this planet than family. It's the building block of nations. God was looking for someone to build nations. He looks at Abraham and he tells him, it's about your family. Amazing. It's not about weapons or money or economy or, or trade or any of those things. It's about the family. It doesn't say anything else to him about those nations. It's your family. What are the promises God has given you? Some of them you don't know yet. Some of them happen. It's like driving at night with your headlights on. You didn't know there was a moose there until you got up to it. You couldn't see it yet. Some of the promises and the things God has for your family, you can't see them yet because you're not there yet. Maybe your kids have to be a little older. Maybe God's waiting for you to take some faith steps, whatever it is. Our time is just about up. Get your arms around your family. Come on. There's two things I always said to my kids since they were little. One, you are my precious treasure. I say it over them. Emma's 15. You're my precious treasure. It's an attitude I have. You're my precious treasure. And then I always tell them, you, we will always be family. You're my precious treasure, and we will always be family. Come on, I want you to just begin to pray. Pray for your family. If your family's not here with you, begin to intercede with them, for them. If your family is, you, you put the building blocks in, and then like Adam and Eve, they chose to, to do things contrary to what you gave them instructions for. Maybe they walked their own way. There's hope for your family. Begin to intercede for them. Youth and children, begin to pray for your parents. They need help as parents. They don't have all the answers. Sometimes they have to believe God to make it up right then. Jesus, help me. Father, I pray for all these families of all different kinds and ages and generations. Our desire is to see your promises fulfilled. God, we're chasing the promises. I pray for the release of fresh vision, dreams, and revelation.
the chasing after specific promises in your word, prophetic dreams and utterances that have come forth. Lord, we place those out as the GPS over our family, directing our steps. Lord, we even today take a moment to rip, repent before you for moments we uh, didn't keep the way of the Lord before our family. Lord, forgive us. Today, we put we redirect the ship today. We course correct today as a family, as parents, grandparents, foster parents, whatever it might be. We choose as a foster parent for the short time frames that we have to influence a child. God, to, to bring about righteousness, holiness, what is right and just in their life. The word of the Lord spoken over them. I pray for every parent here. If you're a mom or a dad and you have children under 10 years old, would you just lift your hand in the air? You have children under 10. Father, I pray for every one of these that have a house full, one or two or nine or 10 children under 10 years old. God, would you give them an anointing to put together the foundations, the building blocks of a legacy of righteousness, holiness, I pray, God, that you would help them in those foundational years where they're setting about what their values and culture of their family will be. Give them an anointing to choose those things. Lord, I pray where there needs to be forgiveness, there would be forgiveness. Where there needs to be humility, Lord, that you'd help us to walk in humility. Maybe there needs to be repentance. God, help us. If you have a teenager in your house, actually anyone from 11 all the way up to, I don't know, Ean, 19. You got any of those? Yeah, me too. Come on, I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray for every parent, grandparent that's got teenagers that are going through transitions in their body, in their emotions, in their hormones, in their minds. They're going through social changes. They're going through changes in values and the way they see things and wonder things and ask things and their perceptions are being adjusted God would you give us an anointing to navigate life with them Lord to go along for the journey that they're on to lock arms with them and to see ourselves as a role model and as a mentor in that time of transition and change a guiding a guiding voice a hearing, God, help us to hear. Give us ears to hear. Give us patience to listen and to be a parent that listens. Help us, oh God, as we navigate teen years and set them up for adulthood. Help us, oh God. Those of us that have grandkids and we just get brief moments to see them. I pray, oh God, that you'd help us to build lasting memories about what they remember about grandma and grandpa. Lord, I remember seeing my grandma on her knees praying for her grandchildren, seeing the tears in her eyes. Lord, I don't remember everything my grandma did, but I remember seeing her pray for her grandchildren. God, give us moments, teachable moments with our grandkids life-defining, life-changing moments where we can make an impression that will last a lifetime. How many of you have children that you're believing God to come home?
Maybe they're like the prodigal son or the daughter. Maybe there needs to be a turnaround in their life. Come on, would you begin to intercede for them? Father, I thank you, God, that you hear us when we pray. We intercede for those prodigal sons and daughters today. I speak the word of the Lord just as the prodigal son came to his senses. God, let our children that are wayward in God, may they come to their senses. God, even today, give them courage and boldness to leave the pigs and the trough behind and to come home where we're waiting for them, to come to you. God, would you rescue them? God, would you heal their hearts? Would you visit them? Give them dreams and revelation. Cause the, the word of the Lord to echo in their mind. We thank you, God. Lord, I pray for every family here. Lord, that you'd give us vision. Help us, oh God, to be vision-driven families. To look beyond our own time frames. And how we can set up our children and grandchildren to receive the blessing of the Lord. Help us to be far-sighted. God, give us far-seeing ability. Making decisions today that will bring about blessing. Lord, I pray you expose things in our lives that need healed. That are producing in our family some sort of effect of offense and hurt from our past it's affecting our children today and how we parent our short temper our anger or rage or our fear or our trauma whatever it might be would you release a wave of healing into our parenting we thank you God you may not know the Lord maybe you don't know Jesus maybe you've never ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. I'm going to help you today. Maybe you're a mom or dad, you're watching online and you're like, I don't even have a, I don't even know what you're talking about in setting your family up for the way of the Lord. It starts by inviting Jesus into your life and into your home. So we're going to do that today. Maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. Maybe some of the things I've said have made you kind of take an assessment of what's going on in your house and you realize that your Christianity is just Sunday morning or Sunday night. Your house is full of garbage. Your life is full of defilement. And you just keep going back to it. Jesus is not your Lord. Who sits on the throne of your life? Personal fulfillment? You really got to ask yourself some hard questions. Is Jesus the boss of my life? If he's not, you can change that today. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Boys and girls, teens, moms and dads, everybody that's here, why don't you pray with me? Why don't you just look right up and we're going to pray a simple prayer. Say it, Heavenly Father, I choose today to make you the Lord of my life. Forgive me where I went wrong. Come into my life. Help me clean it up. Help me put my family on the path to blessing. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for letting me start over. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, you may need to pray something like that every day until your house starts resembling Abraham's scripture there. You may need to go home and say, it's over. And toss some stuff. Our time is almost up, but I want to tell you just a quick story. We don't allow nightmares in my house. 
Some One of our kids has a scary dream. We act on it right away. I remember when Emma, she's 15 now, but I remember when she had the very first scary dream. It was on a night that somebody had lent us a movie and we brought it into our house and we watched this particular movie and we thought we would want to watch it. Um, she was sleeping while the movie was playing. She has a nightmare that night and when I hear her screaming, the Holy Ghost arrested me and said, it's because you brought that movie in your house. It wasn't my movie. I ran to the closet. I didn't run to her. I ran to the closet. I grabbed the movie, opened the back door and chucked it as far as I can and repented later for it. Sorry, I threw your movie away. My girl had nightmares. Is that real? Did you hear Pastor Daniel preach this morning? If you didn't, go back to YouTube whenever he gets it loaded. Yeah, it's real. You're the guardian of your house. You may need to clean out some, almost said an unfriendly word, stuff. Is that better? Hey, I hope I get to preach again soon because I want to set you up for success with your family. I want blessing and righteousness and joy and fun in your family. The next time I get to preach, it'll be being an anointed parent. Pastor Vince, would you come? I'm going to ask you to just bless everybody before we go. Thanks for coming on Sunday night. Uh, commission leaders, you're looking for a calendar of events. Our printer is being not so friendly. And uh, so she's going to email it. Minister Vicki, you're going to send out an email with the, with the calendar to everybody. All right, Pastor Vince. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you. Causes face to shine upon you. Lift up his confidence upon you and give you peace peace in your church, peace in your car, and peace in your home. God bless you as you go in Jesus' name. Amen.